Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices on Your Life. And today we are speaking with Pete Lunton. Pete, you will recognize the accent is not Canadian, which I love that this platform allows us to connect with people from all over the world. So Pete and I connected in 2020 during the pandemic, and I was a guest on his podcast. So I'm so thrilled to have him here today as a guest on Own Your Choices on Your Life. Pete is a multi best-selling author, TEDx speaker, podcast host, mentor, entrepreneur, property investor, husband, and father of three beautiful girls. Pete's background is in project management and property, but his true passion is the fire in the belly show and project. His mission is to help others find their potential and become the mightiest version of themselves. Pete openly talks about losing both of his parents, suffering periods of depression, business downturn and burnout, and ultimately his years spent not stoking the fire in the belly. In 2017, at 37 and a half years of age, that all changed. And he is now on a journey of learning, growing, accepting, and inspiring others. This is an incredible conversation. And I'm so grateful to have Pete here with me today. I know you're going to love this episode. I'll just say nothing. Welcome to the show today. I'm so thrilled to have you here, Pete. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, listen, thank you for having me on. It's absolutely awesome to, to be here chatting with you today. So thank you. I love it. So first off, where are you from? Because we can hear the difference in the accent. So I'd love for you to share where you're from. I'm I'm a foreigner. Uh, I am from the little old Ireland of Ireland, mm-hmm. Island of Ireland. So um, yeah, so from the north part of Ireland and just outside of Belfast. So yeah, that's where I'm from. Awesome. 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 I, we connected, I don't even know a number. I, it was probably a couple of months ago on your podcast, which we will talk about a little bit here. And it's just a reminder to me, it's situations like this, how powerful social media can be when you actually do use it for the right purposes, when it's, it's so many incredible connections that you can end up meeting. So I'm thrilled to have you here today. I know you are a reader. We actually just finished talking about um, books and you also run. We'll talk about that after. Um, can you tell us a book that has had an impact on you? Ooh, where do you start? Um, I, I mean, to probably slightly to correct you, I'm actually not a reader. I am dyslexic and ADHD. So um, I only say that and I don't say that to impress you. It's, it's more to impress upon you that actually you know what you don't have to there's a number of things you don't have to be but you know like your podcast it's a choice and I took a choice and saying listen I need to see more do more be more have more mm-hmm. um and to be able to do that then reading is, is is an essential way or certainly the absorption of information in some shape or form now my 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 sort of probably default power scale is actually listening 
So um, I am probably Audible's biggest friend and, and user and all the rest, which is great because I'm on the move. I can speed up the audio. I can do all these amazing things. I can be walking. I don't know, take a car journey just for kicks, like, you know, and saying just, you know, where do you want to go? I'll take you to the airport. It's a nice long run. I'll get a good bit of book time in there, you know. So unless that's, that's madly different. But to answer your question, and I do go on tangent, so I'll apologize now. Okay. Um, <laughs> The probably the power of now is one that actually has been sitting in my head the last sort of six months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, the power of now is is probably it's it's not Eckhart Tolle for um, anyone that's not aware. Um, it's kind of just it's it's quietly quietly understated, and uh, and we read it in in one of our reading groups, and it's like literally we we got to the end and turned around and read it again. And like people were having these crazy like dimensional shifts and all this crazy stuff going on. It's kind of going, is this just a book or is this like, is, is there a full moon or something crazy going on or what? So um, that's probably one that just has resonated and, and really I've seen such a significant impact. I mean, there's loads of all the other books out there that you know a lot of people will know, but that's that's been one that's been quite significant. So. Beautiful. That one has come up a number of times on this podcast. And I actually resonate with you as far as Audible, like Audible and I are really good friends. I love audiobooks. And when I, um, whether it's I'm cooking in the kitchen or I'm taking my dog out for, we walk for like probably an hour and a half to two hours a day, I'm always listening to different podcasts or audiobooks. And sometimes I can't mentally, I'm having a hard time focusing and reading. So the audiobooks help a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I mean, weirdly, it was about about two and a half to three years ago, I was properly diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD. So mm-hmm. whilst it was always kind of one of those sort of running jokes in the family and all the rest, it's something I actually got done because um, my niece was diagnosed. And as a result, I have three young girls. And my thought was, well, listen, let's, let's just get this bottomed out. If I get... My sort of, um, I was going to say certification. I, I don't know what, you know, my, my sort of diagnosis, if you like, um, my certificate of, of awareness or competency. Um, but then I thought, that's cool. I'll have that. But at least then when the sort of time comes for my girls, um, that we'll be able to say, yes, it's in the family, blah, blah, blah. We need to, we need to look out for it. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. What I didn't sort of expect is actually it set me off and triggered a whole journey about, you know, and you talked about Audible. Well, one of the main things I've found that is normal speed in audio is too slow. Okay. Yep. Um, I get bored and I can't focus and I'm left, right, whatever. Um, however, when we then sort of, if you take it up to sort of one and a half times speed, it's quite often it's too fast. And my brain switches off. It gets, it gets annoyed because it can't keep up. Whereas you find the right speed and the right, uh, and, and it could be different speeds at different times of day, believe me, you know, um, when you find that, then actually for some reason, the information just comes straight in. I am focused. I'm in it. I can see it. And that's been a massive, massive game changer for me. That's um, interesting. Prior to probably... Yeah. And like the last 18 months, I had probably, uh, I don't know, I mean, I I would hazard a guess and say I probably listened to maybe about 150 books, something like that. Oh, my goodness. Um, You know, yeah. So it's, you know, generally I'll jump through about two books a week, if not more. Mm -hmm. Um, um, You know, reading wise, again, probably about 20 books. You go back 24, 36 months, three years, basically. And you could count on one hand the number of books, the, the number of books I'd read in the last five years. 
um, I didn't know about Audible or, you know, any sort of listening, book listening device. Mm -hmm. So I've just literally this choice and this change has come about. And then suddenly it's like, I want to try and read the world. I want to listen to the world, you know? So uh, it has been a massive, massive game changer, you know? And um, previously it was like, I don't need to learn. Yeah. College, university, school, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's not for me. And now it's like, yeah, I'd go to any of them just to see if I could learn something or just out of interest and intrigue. So Massive That's changes in my life, to be so honest. So awesome. So open, like open. And it's interesting because I, I love that you said that. I actually have played around with the speed on my mm. Audible. And when it is one, I find it is too slow. I have a hard time with it. So I'm usually about 1.2, 1.3. is a little bit too fast for me. If mm-hmm. it's fast, if my brain can't focus, my brain automatically just goes, okay, done done. I just stopped listening. Like I literally stopped listening. I'm sure. I mean, I was in an age bracket where no one talked about ADHD, um, dyslexia, all of those things. And school was very, very hard for me, but I, I had a crazy work ethic and that's what I just kept pushing through. I'm sure if I went through assessment, there's no question in my mind, that would Mm -hmm. be something that was there. So when I am overtired or stressed reading from a book, it can be really hard for me to do and focus like really, really hard for me to do. Yeah. I get it. And and I probably through all this sort of journey, the probably the most relevant, I remember seeing the signs or, or the signs in my life was when I was 12. Mm-hmm. Now I'll save you the math. I'm 41 now. So really at sort of, I think it was 38, 39 years of age, a proper diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And all that happened between then and and sort of a couple of years ago was that I became, I, I overachieved in certain areas. And this is the best way that someone actually described dyslexia to me. It's like, it's not that you can't read or write. It's just something you'll never do for leisure or pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that made total sense to me. It's like, going, yeah, I can read, but it's just, you know, sit down to read for a book for fun why um whereas actually you change up the content you change up the speed you change up the, the focus um then suddenly it's like yeah this makes sense to me and also just knowing it saying well listen don't beat yourself up because you're not you know my wife is completely different she she literally if, if you place a book down in front of us she will read it from cover to cover mm-hmm. i'll make you four cups of coffee cut the grass walk the dog do anything but sit down and read the book I have to almost tease myself into it. I have to reward myself. I have to do all these crazy things to, to do it. Now, if it's a good book or whatever, then I change the format. Then suddenly, yes, mm-hmm. you know, um, but this is a key thing. And I'd say, and, and it is, I think you get to a stage in life where we're actually learning how you learn is such a f- key thing that I think very pe- few people realize, you know, what's your thing? Do, are you a listener? Are you a reader? Are you a feeler? You know, and you'll know this from NLP. It's like, I mean, there's all the senses, mm-hmm. you know, if I want to get to you, do I feed you? You know, do I put on some nice perfume? You know, do do you have to see it? Do you have to see it written down? You know, what is it you, you know, you know, or hear the nice words. So it's like, what's your sort of main method of communication? And then you get that right. And then you tie that into your learning style and then you turn it, you know, how do you actually absorb the information? Then you have the different levels of learning, listening, teaching, and then inspiring others, you know, and, and sort of reconstituting. So there's all that. And and suddenly it's like, I'm actually, I find myself going from why would you read that book through to, yeah, I want to, I want to write loads of books, you know? So um, it's, it's quite a, quite a shift up, you know, but it's just finding different tools and techniques and learning, learn how you learn. It's, it's a very simple, but strangely powerful. 
I love it because it stays, you're allowing yourself to stay open to possibilities. It's not just that, no, I can't. And you close that door. It's, we don't all have to do it the same way, right? We absolutely don't have to do it the same way. Yeah. I think being, being a raving novice is, is totally underestimated. You know, a lot of people say, you know, listen, oh God, you know, I'm not an expert in this. I'm not an expert in this. It's like, that's cool. You know, if you follow the, the, I think it's Gladwell talked about you know, the 10,000 hour rule to be an expert. It's like, well, go on, listen, same with podcasts, same with everything else. Do you know what? I'm going to be a raving novice. Uh, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fluff some stuff up. And that's okay, you know, because I'm only a novice. So it kindly almost steps down my ego and says, listen, you know, there's not going to be perfect. In fact, step into it. Mm-hmm. You know, welcome that as opposed to going, you're an expert. It's like, oh my God, you cannot fail. And you, you know, and then you're sort of totally immobilized by your own perfectionism, you know? So why not saying less and less? I am just, yeah, I'm a raving novice. I'm learning. Um, I'm a long way from being an expert. And, and, you know, how many experts do you know that you sort of call them an expert and say, well, I'm not an expert, mm. you know, they don't. And, and, yeah. you know, it's wisdom. Wisdom says, well, listen, I used to think there was one way of doing this and wisdom has now taught me there's 50 and I don't know if any of them are right. But and I think okay. it's beautiful that there is 50 or more, right? It's beautiful totally. that there is. Yeah. You, you mentioned um, Malcolm Gladwell's book and I like, I love that's the outsiders is one of my favorite books to go back to. And that was such a permission of opening up and understanding that, Oh wait, it does actually take like 10,000. It takes hours to get better at something. So it's okay that I'm not great at it. The route as a side note, the route that I walk my dog every day is his parents' house. I see it. Um, He's from this area and his parents live literally around the corner from us. So yeah, yeah, it's very cool. We watched them renovate that house and build it. And we were in a coffee shop back when we actually did that. And we were in a coffee shop and I walked in and I'm like, I think that's Malcolm Gladwell. Like I'm literally looking going, I think that's him, but I didn't want to bug him, but I'm just sitting there. I'm looking and I'm looking and I was like, well, it was hundred percent him. My husband's like, yes, it's him. Yes, it's him. You can see it's him. So he's, he frequents this area regularly. So yeah, I just fascinating. So you have this open approach to growth and this growth mindset and you run reading groups. You just finished telling me, but before we recorded, tell us a little bit about your reading groups and what you do on Zoom. Yeah, so it's, I think, I mean, really like the the start of this whole um, period that we're in right now, um, I don't like to give it too much energy, but um, (laughs) we... I mean, I, I've I've three young girls, so we have a four-year-old and I have two-year-old twin girls. Mm-hmm. Um, life's busy, so you know, getting time for yourself is kind of quite difficult. You know, and best one in the world, people go, "Oh, I'd love to read this, I'd love to do that, and all this." And, you know, personal development, and you kind of go on, okay. And then anyone's got young kids, you know, they will fill that space. You know, mm-hmm. they'll be late to bed, they'll do this, do this, this. And I very quickly said, the only option I have is actually to get up earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the only window I can get um, to do that. And it's, and it comes down, again, to a choice. And this is what happened really sort of my journey the last couple of years and saying it becomes something that I want to do. You know, it's something that's saying I want to learn more, be more, have more. And so really it was there that it started. And it started off sort of fairly casual. We sort of one day a week and then went up three days a week. And then it's become, we tried seven. Seven's quite, you know, so basically it's a 5.45 start. You know, mm-hmm. so typically you're up anywhere from quarter past to half past five. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it's just literally we take half an hour to read and take turns reading and then half an hour chat. 
So it's whatever's come up. It sounds so simple, but the power is unbelievable because you are immersing yourself in a book. It's the first thing you hear that day, typically. Um, you know, so you're there, you're in, you know, so you're immersing in this text and then you're taking a bit of time to decompress and understand it and different people's views. And then you get on with your day and typically it's breakfast and kids and screaming and whatever else, yeah. you know, so selfishly it's kind of going, okay, if I'm going to change, I've got to do something different and I've got to take a choice. And, and actually this is my thing. And I get a lot of people that come into the group. Some people, it doesn't suit, it does suit whatever. And it's fine. It's, it's kind of going, I'm not going to chase you. I'm not going to drag you to bed. Mm. The choice is yours. You know, it's like, do you want to change? Do you want to do this? When you're ready, if it's meant to be, you will turn up, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's there for everyone to turn up. Um, it's a Zoom call, log on, don't log on, turn your camera off, don't turn your camera off. I Listen, I'm not precious. You know, it's like, and it's kind of the point of going, this is happening regardless. And it's like, I'd love for you to join me, but if you don't, that's okay too. You do what you need to do. Um, and that's how it kind of came about, Marsha, to be honest. And, I grew arms and legs and then we put on a second group and a third group because it's different people around the world that wanted you know sort of in at different times um and you know it's just the power and, and again especially through these sort of times when we've been locked down a little it's been a great chance for people to connect it's been a great chance for people to immerse themselves in different reading books and you know how many people have said oh i started to read that book or i thought about reading that book or even worse they put the book on the shelf and they never actually crack the spine Mm -hmm. You know, it just never happens. Whereas here, you know, and you might read 10 to 20 pages a day and, and listen, you're, you're cracking through typically a book a month, mm -hmm. you know, and it doesn't sound like lightning speed, but actually that's, that's significant progress, you know, and you're properly reading it and going through and hearing other people read it, it makes a difference. So it's been unintentionally powerful. Um, it's, you know, we basically do it at low cost or no cost. So it's the price of a Zoom account and it's the price of you getting yourself out of bed. So it's mm -hmm. a choice. Um, you know, and that's, that's what I do love about a lot of development saying, you know, a lot of this, do, it doesn't take thousands, hundreds of thousands, whatever, quite often it takes you to decide. Mm -hmm. And when you decide, you know, you will take action, you'll move forward. So, um, that's the, the simplicity of it. And yet people it's, it's life-changing bizarrely. It's life-changing. I think there's, I, I love what you've done. I think you've created, you've found a need because I also think there's an accountability piece that people are like, you know, I want to continue to read. And it's just, just that accountability sometimes is enough to make people continue to do and continue to show up. I mean, I don't even want to, don't even want to tell you how many times I've bought a book and I'm like, I haven't read it yet. And so then I go through times where I'm like, no, I put books in my Amazon list to keep track of. But I don't, I'm like, you can't buy that until you read more. You have to read the ones you have. And because I am like, I get inspired by different books, but then I can go on, a, not a rant, but I can go on a steady pace where I'm like, I'm reading, reading, reading. And then all of a sudden it's like, I haven't touched a book for a little bit. So mm -hmm. it's an interesting um, concept, but I, I can say books literally did change my life when I was looking to create change is I had to be open to putting more information in. And that's came from books, podcasts, YouTube videos. So I love what you're doing. And I love how you're opening up that door for so many other people. And where did that come from? Like, is that, I know you you made reference that four years ago, you were, we would not be having this conversation because you didn't exist in this format four years ago. So where did yes. it come from? Well, pre to that, I mean, I got to 37 and a half years of life and, and I only know because I know specifically sort of more or less when the change came and, um, 
I, I kind of got to my point, and it's it's a bit bizarre in that I achieved achieved quite a lot in my life, but I achieved it with probably the wrong energy, the wrong focus, if you like. So I burnt the candle at both ends and the metal as well, you know. So it wasn't for lack of doing stuff, mm-hmm. um, but the expression almost lonely in a crowd would have come to mind for me. And this was almost, uh, you know, I've had depression twice in my life, and you know, it was it was after really the death of a parent and. And going through, and, and what I sort of found that that, you know, sometimes you're just a, a not a right fit. And, you, you know, it's like you talk about people, and, you know, it's like he's an old head on young shoulders. And it was always just kind of, I was never just this right fit in all the time. So, um, but anyway, through up until 37 and a half, I, the, I was able to have the energy and the time and the enthusiasm to do everything by force. Mm-hmm. And and it's the same. This is what happened with dyslexia and ADHD and all that. You know, you compensate. So you overcompensate by working longer, harder, different. You know, you have little tools, techniques, and this is all. You don't even realize you're doing half this stuff um, until you get to the point of going, "I am so tired. Mm-hmm. I have just maintained this momentum. I've done this, and yet other people around you." You know, and that's the, kind of almost the point I got to and saying other people are, are working less than me yet achieving more. Mm-hmm. And it's you start to realize going, there's something really wrong, you know, and really sort of a couple of years into me sort of scratching my head and going, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I sort of saying, I, I have to change the format because, you know, young kids, I mean, that's sleep deprivation. That's basically human torture um love them don't get me wrong but (laughs) you sleep deprive someone and they will do crazy stuff you know um but no and and that's the thing so it's like going i i can't i've done the whole sledgehammer approach i've done the whole all-nighters all this you know i i focus best at night i do all this you know and i sort of insomnia you know based pre-children now it's like if, if i see a bed i'm asleep you know, there's no messing about because you just appreciate it. Uh, and I'm not saying my insomnia has gone away. It's always my, my deficit is always in serious deficits. So I'm just glad to get sleep. Mm-hmm. But it's more just that case of going, actually, do you know what? This is a decision and I have to change my formula um, because I can't keep this up. You know, and I probably, when I was at the time, I was probably about two years off a complete breakdown, you know, and it was, I mean, I, I'd like say, uh, depression through that time as well. You know, a lot of darkening thoughts. I wouldn't say dark thoughts, but, um, you know, it was certainly just frustration, all the, you know, annoyance, you know, having to go at myself, frustration with life, you know, the world was against me, per me, you know, why is it my fault? Jealousy. So you had all the anger, rage, envy, the whole thing going on until you eventually go, I'm, I'm done. Account. Mm-hmm. You have to get um, to that point. That's a that's a, a point. I appreciate when you said the sled ha- sledgehammer approach because I think that mm-hmm. is such a great visual for people to understand. And that's that fighter mode. That's that I'm just going to keep doing it, keep doing it until you start to realize that wait, there's other people around me who are achieving the same or more, and they certainly don't look burnt out. They certainly don't look run down. They like maybe I, maybe there's another way to do it. And yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I think that's really, really powerful. And so when you were in that space and you're watching this around you, do you remember a point where 
like a turning point or a tipping point or something where you just went, yeah, we're done. I'm so done doing it this way. I, I remember a couple of points and, and it really was, one was about 2 a.m. sitting mm-hmm. on the side of my bed, just rocking backwards and forwards. And it literally was, what do I do? And I actually did part of my TED talk on this, my TEDx talk. And um, it all came down to, it was too thick, essentially what it was. However, that too thick symbolized everything that was going on. It had almost focused down to this point. And you're sitting and we had a young child, you know, sharing the bed because they were, I think the twins at the time were under six months. So you were like, you're sort of sitting pitch black. Don't make a noise for God's sake. Don't wake the kids. You know, and you're sitting rocking back and, you know, taking tablets, waiting for the that to, the pain to subside. And you're just sitting in hopelessness and absolute. And the weird thing, and, and there's a there's an expression that I now have really come to sort of love, and that is really from great overwhelm comes great change. And I do believe that, you know, it's like sometimes, you know, to see the light, you got to see the dark. And that was a particularly dark moment. Um, is it a running joke is I eventually managed to get, well, put it like this, I was given a doctor or a dentist appointment the following morning. Um, they were giving it to me whether they wanted to or not. Um, that tooth was removed. Um, it wasn't, and I still am missing a tooth to this day. Um, it literally was against their advice and all the rest, but I got to the point to go and listen. You could save the tooth. It was going to take a couple of weeks. It was going to, and I was like, this isn't happening. Enough is enough. Yeah. It's, and that's the point. When you talk about choice, it's like, going, that's the point. Mm-hmm. No, not happening. Um, and the poor dentist was like, you know, we can do different things and all this. And it's like, if you want this, we will do it, but you will have to sign a disclaimer. I was like, I'll sign it. I'm not coming back. This is out. This is happening. And it's over. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And that was very significant. Um, it was just a moment of going, do you know what? Bits of me are starting to fall off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have to change. This has to change. Um, and that was a particularly significant moment. Mm-hmm. And really from then I said, right, we've got to switch this up a bit. And I went on a journey of saying, I'm not the, you know, I'm sure there's other people work harder. There's other people do smarter things. There's people richer than me. There's people poorer than me. I said, what, what this formula and this, these questions are sort of running through my head and you talk about, you know, you talk about passion, you talk about purpose, you talk about burning desire, you talk about fire in the belly, you talk about, you know, gut instinct, you talk about all these things and I'm sitting here and and probably almost the best way I always describe depression, which is what it was at the tail end. That was the tail end of all this really was, you know, it's just like, you know, it's that whole lonely in the crowd and it's like someone could tell you the dogs died or you've won the lottery and the reaction would be the same. It would almost be inconvenient. It's like, well, if the dog died, oh, God, that means I have to go and dig a hole. It's like, oh, I've won the lottery. It's like, does that mean I have to go and pick up the bloody check, you know? And it was just this flat line of emotion, this flat line, this inertness. And it was just that. And then literally, bits are falling off me. My pattern is obviously wrong. There's something not right here. I'm 37 and a half years of age. And it's like, I should have my stuff together. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got kids here, I'm potentially considered grown up. 
Um, all these things are going on. People are looking at me going, God, you're so successful. And it's like going, I have never felt so disconnected from myself and what's going on in my entire life. Um, and it was at that point, I, I was like, you know what? I need to start asking questions because the words and the, the, the answers in my head are clearly not right. My version of the truth is, I don't know. It's not, it's just not there. So that sledgehammer approach is fine up until the point of going, actually, no, you need to change this up. You need to surround yourself and you need to talk to people that have or are doing it. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, thank you so much for sharing all that because I know that will resonate with somebody and that being alone and feeling lonely in a crowd, that is such a, such a great explanation. Um, also in a state of, people could look at what you had and think you have it all together, mm-hmm. but fulfillment comes from inside, right? Like you can have, that's why people can have millions have why, why stars have things like they're just, it doesn't matter what they have. It's what you feel and what you see. And yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because that I want that to land for somebody who's listening, who says, but I don't know why I feel this way. I have everything. It doesn't, the the things don't matter when you're in that space. And the other thing that I think is so valuable about what you said is that flatline approach. And I remember it stirred up something for me when you spoke there that I remember a counselor saying to me, like, where, where do you find joy in your life? And when we were in the middle of our chaos, I'm like, joy, like, what do you, there's no joy. Like, look at what we're living in. Nobody lived, no, there's no joy here. And she's like, there has to be joy. You have to find it yourself. And I'm like, I remember thinking she was nuts, like absolutely nuts off a rocker. But this is the thing is, is that I had learned this flatline approach to everything because it was chaos everywhere. So putting that face the mask on the shield, whatever, and having that flatline approach to everything was the way of self-preservation, but it was also suffocating. There was no, there was no joy at all. So those two things I can just say, I completely relate to. And I thank you for sharing that. No, well, listen, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm very open about my journey in general. Um, and it's not, again, it's, I only said it's like, I, I kind of just hope somebody gets a, you know, gets to hear what they need to hear. Or somebody says, actually, I never realized that, that you can speed up audible or, you know, and I see life as a big ECG, you know, that sort of heart monitor you see in the rest and in, in hospitals, yeah. you know, it's like this high times is low times, but you come back to the status and it's like, what is that central status? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the choice. Um, and for me, it's like, I'm consciously sort of saying, well, I am now stepping into a whole new phase of my life and I'm doing it openly. And it's like going, I'm going there and I'm absolutely deadly serious about that. I'm going there and what's happening. Mm-hmm. Come with me, please. But it's your choice. Um, you know, and it's like, I'd be under no illusions. I am moving forward. I, you know, I may have friends. I may not have friends. You know, people come with me. Some people go against me. It's fine. I, whatever's meant to happen will happen. Um, but I am absolutely crystal clear. I kind of, part of me actually feels more so that I'm, I'm almost, you know, there's been a bit of time wasted, um, you know, and I know you're exactly where you're supposed to be, yeah. but it's kind of going, I do feel this sort of hunger, you know, it's, it's not, it's no coincidence that there's so many entrepreneurs really hit their forties, hit their fifties, hit their sixties. And suddenly, despite having had years of careers and loads of tries at certain things, suddenly 
shoot off into the stratosphere because they just hit the right recipe. They hit the golden thread. And it's all the things that have led up to that has led to them getting the right thing. And that's kind of where I've now said, listen, I've done the hard work. I've done the sledge approach. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to do a different approach. I'm going to do what resonates right with me. I'm going to do what I want. And, you know, I know that I don't even need to worry about monetizing it. I know I don't need to worry about so many things because you provide service, you give off an energy, you give off a passion, and actually the money will flow. Um, and that's that was such an unusual concept. Four years ago, I'd be like, uh-huh, is this one of these woo-woo camps you're talking about here or what? You know, this whole happy, clappy stuff, you know? Um, yeah, and it's changed. Listen, it's massively changed. So how did you change um, that money mindset? Can I ask that? Because that is one of the first things that people say to me is they're like, okay, but what are you going to sell? What are you going to do? How do you monetize it? And I'm like, first off, I 100% agree with you. You have to go first. Like you have to show up, give service. When I started my business like four years ago um, in coaching, it was a book and a podcast. I didn't sell anything. I didn't have, and I didn't have anything to sell. And I think it's a massive blessing that I didn't because I didn't go in with any expectations of what I had to build or make or create. For me, it was that I had to go first. And I believe that our story and sharing that is, was part of it. I just had to give back because, and provide value for other people who were stuck in their story. The business came after it. I totally came after. Mm. Yeah. It's, but you know, it's so funny. And even as you as you talk there, there's so much resonates for me. And it's, you know, we're, we're quite often, you know, even our, our intake of food. I know this is a bit of a transaction. No, no, it's good. Transcendent, but it's, it's like we eat in excess. However, you know, it's like, what do you actually need versus actually what are you taking on? Mm-hmm. And kind of the point in that is going when, you know, if you were to eat only when you were hungry and truly hungry and you were passionate and you're kind of going, Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to have this steak and I'm going to have this or my, my vegetable. And, you know, and you, you build up the hunger, you build up the thirst and you're passionate. Oh God, you can taste it and you can smell it and you can hear it. And you go, where's my food, you know, as opposed to how often do we just sit down and I'm eat well, because it's this time, because I was on a call and I, of course I'm going to have a sandwich. I do this, I do this. And I'm snack. You know, and it's, it's kind of almost no different to life. It's like, are you choosing consciously to actually what you take on board? You know, are you building up a hunger, a passion inside you? I mean, you know, <laughs> the difference between sort of, you know, having sex and, and making love. I mean, it's like, you know, if they're complete, they're at the end, it, it's the same action, but at the same time, it's a completely different journey, mm-hmm. you know, and that's almost the point is going, well, imagine you know, actually building up that, you know, building up a podcast and a book and, and you know, really sort of finding out what is like, well, they resonate with me and that doesn't resonate with me. And this is interesting and follow that. And I keep sort of, and, and there's no sort of hidden agenda to say, God, you know, right. How do, how do I ask this person 50 questions? And then I've got to monetize them, and then I've got to close on the set. And I've got to, do, you know, this is going in with an agenda. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, certainly with the podcast, I go in literally with a blank page and I'm kind of going, if you're up for it, we're just going to go on this journey. And I'm kind of cool to know where it goes. I, yeah. I bring a set of shovels with me. We can either go deep or we can stay shallow. We can, Whatever you want, you know. And just taking the time to actually sit down, listen, mm-hmm. and not be sort of pre, you know, pre-meditating and going, you know, what I need from this and what I want. Um you know, has been a game changer. Um, listening to my own language, listening to the people around me. And, you know, when someone says, I, I'd love to do this, I call it the love, but, you know, it's like, I'd love to do this, but, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I'd love to have been a dancer, but, you know, 
and you can hear all the dreams being sort of raised up and then smashed back into the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love a new home, but you know, I haven't got it this job, or I'd love this, but 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 and it's like, you know, you're so close. I can, you know, your part of you is telling me your dreams, and the other part is slamming it straight back to the ground. You know, the ego is popping up and saying, I'm gonna keep you safe, but we're gonna have to knock all this on the head. We're gonna have to close off all these dreams. We're gonna listen, don't even don't be upset yourself thinking about stuff like that, you know. Whereas, you know, yourself, when you start listening to people and going, what do you really want? Mm-hmm. You strip all this other stuff away. Um, you know, even like when my father passed away in 2010, um, incredibly supporting, um, you know, you know, just uh, he was a great person. But also I changed, my career changed massively within six months. I discovered a lot of my career was for him. Which sounds strange, and that's not to take away from him, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, this was almost a, you know, that was his recognition of success. He was very, he was, you know, career for life type, you know, which is very different to nowadays. But, you know, and that was a common sort of point of discussion for us as well, you know, sort of two men, um, you know, so it's like, well, how's your career? And, you know, can you get a pay rise? Can you do this? And what work is it? Good work, you know, and all this stuff. And when he passed away, literally, I packed the bags and I was out of there very quickly. Not not consciously, it was just like going, do you know what? I don't need this. I really don't. You know, and and I don't know. It's it's I had a weird, weird and funny conversation when I when I started to sort of the cracks started showing and between sort of them starting to show and actually me pulling the trigger was quite a short time. But I remember speaking to someone on the train and you know, sort of you know, chatting to them and I said, How do people do this? I was commuting two hours in, two hours home oh. each day. Um, I was running crazy hours in the office because we were working on different time zones and all this. You know, I'm sitting as you do, you start to get to know people on the trains. You know, people sit in the same seat every day and all this. And you know, it's like four hours a day sitting on this damn train. You know, and and I was going, how? Like, I actually Why? feel sorry for people. It's like, how do you do this? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. He says, well, in fairness, I've only done it for twenty years, and I'm probably going to do it for another twenty. And you're like, mm-hmm. going, only twenty. Yeah, I I'm going to shut up now. But it's like going, oh, if yeah. I'm doing this in 20 years time, please shoot me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like going, this is, you know, this is a mad, oh, I've, maybe if I'd found audible that time, my life might be different and, and sort of audiobooks. But, but my point is just going really, you know, four hours a day to commute mm-hmm. to and from your work, which you're not even paid for, mm-hmm. you know, to then turn up to work and do hours and probably in excess of your hours, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's all this and you kind of go, what is the point? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's mind blowing when people do it. And it might mean it's a job. We have expenses. We have, it's easy to focus on all those things. I get it. Um, my husband once left a job. The kids were really little and he was commuting to Toronto every day. So it was like an, probably an hour and a half in good traffic, which never happened. And um, they were, like I said, they were quite little. So I was literally doing it all myself. And I remember at one time saying like, I actually don't need you anymore. I can do this myself. I'm, I know that sounds awful, but I was like, just so you know, like, I'm like literally figuring this out on my own. He's like, well, we need this job and we need this money. And I'm like, well, this is what I did is I actually figured out how much you actually making. Like when you start to look at what does a 12 and a 15 hour workday look like, you can have a great salary, but when you break it down, all of a sudden, I remember him looking at it going like, oh my God. And I said, so I'm never going to, and I will never, even to this day, I will never tell him what to do because that doesn't work for us. That's not how we work. 
And, but you need to decide what works for you because is this job is going to take you. Honestly, it's going to take you at one point. It's going to take you. And I, I even got to the point, I'm like, just keep your insurance going because honestly, this is what, and he had a point one day where he was just like, I'm missing everything. And I'm like, you are, you're totally missing everything. And I know that that was a job that he loved at the time, but I also know like the way his health was at that time and watching him now as a person who is like an incredible athlete who takes care of himself not even the same person. He wouldn't have been to this point. So we, we give up a lot thinking we have to do this for this job, for this purpose, for whatever that is. And then all of a sudden there's this aha moment that it's like, okay, well, I don't have to do it this way. I actually don't have to do it this way. I can actually figure out something else. And I love that you went through that and had that space where you start to ask different questions. Sometimes that's all it is, is you just ask different questions and allow yourself to expand your thinking and see things differently. So we were talking before we started how they, I still, I'm just love, I'm stuck on that, the sledgehammer approach. Cause I'm like, that is me to a T that was totally me, but that's the masculine approach, right? A lot of that is the masculine energy approach of you just push sledgehammer and get it done. And so now you're taking in this space of being much more of the open feminine approach, which I, I don't, it doesn't matter, whatever it's called, but you talk about, it's important to see this both sides of it, right? Like we have to know one to know the other, the polarizing two sides of it is so incredibly important. And so when you look back now at that person, then, and you look at yourself now, do you sometimes go, I don't even recognize who that was. Oh, it's it's night and day. It's totally night and day. I mean, I got I got global innovation awards for doing stuff, and I look back and I'm kind of going, that was kind of cool. I don't remember why or what it was, and it's like going, there's no finesse to it. It was dumb because it was brute force. It really was. Yeah. And again, it's a bit like you were saying with your husband. It's like going, yeah, but look at the price you paid. Mm-hmm mentally physically financially everything else for it and it's like going is it worth it mm-hmm. you know and there's so much in my life i'm kind of going was it worth it you know um and it is that you know i suppose now and and you know depending on you know d- different lines of thought you know and we talk about the sort of the conscious mind and the subconscious mind you know and, and for anyone that's sort of not used to that sort of language and talk it's it's the bit you know the subconscious is part of it is the bit that keeps you alive while you sleep you know because you're generally not switched on you're, <laughs> you're sleeping right. or if you've ever been on a car journey and suddenly you're like hey how did i get here it's just like there or you go for a run and you start sweating panting doing all these things and your hair grows and it's kind of that's just the physical side let alone this sort of the bit and someone's saying you know it's like can you take me back to marshall to when you were 10 years of age and tell me a really vivid moment well suddenly then you'd be able to pull up this memory this thought this feeling this sense this smell and all the rest and it's like kind of going that's all just lying just below the surface mm-hmm. you know so instead of this kind of like five percent and i in my book i call it like it's almost like this crazy bus driver it's like yes you're in charge of the bus and yes you're important but you're also not the bus. You are, you know, you're almost the you're the person using the tool. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, why would we suddenly overemphasize how important you are? You know, when actually, you know, all the heavy lifting has been done sort of almost below the surface, you know, and 
again different lines of thought but you know you kind of go well for me it's almost like the conscious mind the conscious mind is the male it's very much you know men are from mars women are from venus type stuff it's like kind of mm-hmm. you want something done i'll go and thump it on the head and drag it home cool done that's conscious brain that's kind of going i'll find a solution we'll crack it out and that's it done yep. Whereas the, you know, the feminine side is very much like the problem solving, but thinking and then thinking the consequences and then the you know, opportunity and the love and the connection and the joy. And that's a, the softer side, you know, and that's the bit that's saying, you know, what, what's deep and meaningful for me, what had an emotional impact on me and all the, you know, that side. Of, and yet, you know, that is so much more powerful, you know, because why do we, you know, another saying or a phrase that i particularly like is you know sometimes your voids can be your values and it's like how could it be that something so small could have such a major impact again if it was a particularly trauma as a child or you know it's like the, the way you grew up with money or whatever it has like 10 20 30 50 years later it's still having this impact and you kind of go oh God, you, i can't see any scars so what are you talking about and it's going no it's it's like an emotional memory and that's all being lying below the surface but below that again is you get to the point of like this super subconscious and that's the bit that's kind of when somebody's in flow state when someone's excited when someone hits their passion when someone is saying i'd love to do this mm-hmm. that's the point that that's super juicy that's the bit when someone says do you know what if you find that that's when someone says do you know what I'd love to just quit my job and I'd do this all day long and and I don't know how I'd get paid, but I'd make it work and do this, 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 this. And that when that window opens up, it's 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 a thing of beauty and bliss. And it really is. Now the ego and and the sort of conscious mind will come in quickly and try to close the gap Very and go, fast. hold on. Yeah, exactly. We've, abort. You know, we've got this abort. Exactly. It's like, quick, quick, get, get in here. You know, this guy's he's trying to break for freedom, you know, and he doesn't realize how much danger he's putting himself Easy. into. He's actually trying to live. Um, you know, and that's the thing. And it's like, but you know, if you can just sort of start opening that up, completely gone off on a tangent here, but you know, it's, it's, I suppose it's, what if you were to actually start to utilize that energy, that energy that's sitting that par, it's like, again, it's, it's, it's like being on a bus, the, the, the torque and the, you know, the horsepower of the bus is far, far more than the actual driver or anything else, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, you have all this tools and part at your, at your fingertips. And yet you choose to sort of, you know, I don't know different people. And it's Les Brown, one of those guys talk about, it. it's like, you know, it's like being, you know, asking an electrician to do all the stuff with his hands. Don't allow him to have screwdrivers or ask a joiner to cut wood with his hand instead of giving him a saw or a hammer, you know, it's like kind of going, that's not going to go so well. It's going to be really sore and slow and really ineffective, you know? So why not use the tools and the capability within yourself, you know? And, and what I kind of loved is it's like saying to anyone, it's like, do you realize your, your brain is smarter than the smartest person in the world we've ever known? Take Einstein. He's, he's always a, he's a, you know, he's a popular favorite. It's like your subconscious mind is tens, if not thousands of times more, intelligent than he was mm-hmm. you know that's how much skill and power you have sitting just below the you know the surface and yet we go to social media we seek permission of others we seek all these things around us and you know can someone tell me and can my careers teacher tell me this and can my work give me a promotion or not do this or demote me and do all these things and yet you kind of go hello 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 you, you, you know, you're, you're kind of messing the most important. Okay. You're going to give me more social media. Okay. That, that's not helping. It's not okay. Helping. I can't. 
It's like, what, what, what do I want? It's like, I don't, there's so much noise. I can't hear what I want. You know, there's so much going on. But you hit something right there that I want. I just, first off, you said so much, so much important and valuable information, but I think, and I, and I also think that we go to the noise so we don't have to think. Like we go to the noise so that we don't have to think it shuts it out. It's distraction, right? We're like a very distracted society. Like it's very, very distracted society. And we have, I think like when I think back to when I started four years ago, it was average to have videos. You could do videos and they're like, you know, keep it under 15 minutes, keep it under 10, keep it under five, keep it under three. Now we're in two. Oh wait, reels. It's like 15 seconds, 30 seconds. We have a very short attention span as humans. And so sometimes it's easy to distract ourselves by just putting more noise in. And then when it comes to a space, because I've been there with clients, I'll ask them, like, if you could create anything, what would it be? I guarantee you most of the time they're like, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. They honestly don't have any idea. So then we start asking some deep questions and subconscious questions. And it's like, go through it, go through it. And then all of a sudden about the third time, the fourth time through, they start to get emotional. They start to tear up. They start to, oh my God, I just could see myself doing this. I could see myself doing this. It's like you open up the flow and now they can tap into that area. And that's what I think you're saying is how much of that is underutilized as humans. We have so much power that we're not even tapping into. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, there's, there's a fantastic book and I can't remember the author, but acres of diamonds. Mm. And it is just that it's, it's basically the diamonds are sitting within you, mm. you know, and there's a little thing and I don't know why it always sort of tickles me and it just sort of almost puts a slight scale of the enormity of our potential. And, and I look at my daughters, like I say, and, and they're, you know, what I find most fascinating. And if, if you, you sort of think about what's, what's possible, each one of those was born with over 2 million egg cells in their body, which is basically the next generation. And that's when they were born. So I'm looking at them going, they, there's like 2 million odd eggs in their ovaries. And they're like, they've just been born mm -hmm. and all this. And, you know, and I don't know why it just blows my brain. It's kind of going, oh my God, our, like our future grandchildren are there. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, and there's two million of them, and there's this, and they're growing, and they're they're amazing. And like, this is just this is just like a tiny little thing, mm -hmm. you know. Let alone, you know, what you can do and the colors you can see and the imagination, and there's so much, and you you know, and yet we're sort of going, yeah, do you know what? I need a subscription to this, and you know, I need somebody else to tell me how to feel, and you're just like, wow really okay and i listen i'm not i'm not i'm not judging because i was there i was there too. i was there 100 i i i completely yeah there's every time i say something i'm like i promise it's never out of judgment judgment it's because i lived in that space i i know it i know it very well so as you do this now has this taken into you built this online presence your podcast coaching tell us a little bit about everything that you're doing now and how different life is <laughs> life is very different life is very different um uh, so I, I suppose that the question and, and i sort of touched on it earlier in terms of you know i start asking kind of going what what does success look like because i didn't really know so as you do you tend to ask people around you it's going to go what's 
excuse me, what does success mean to you? And how did you go? And what was your journey and all that? And that's kind of where it started the podcast. I didn't intend to set out doing a podcast. In fact, I'm probably the most unlikely person to be running a podcast. Um, <laughs> what it was, it was just, so I don't, nosy is probably a bit harsh, but I was curious and kind of going, what's your passion and how did you get there? And what you very quickly started to do is one, people love to talk about their passion, you know, because it is, it's, it's a very positive and cathartic space. And it's like, when's the last time someone gave you a chance to talk for 60 minutes, 90 minutes without judgment, positively, you know, listen to what you're saying, properly listening to what you're saying, doing all these things. Um, and so, you know, it's getting this amazing feedback and you kind of go, okay, that's cool. You know? Um, and then it's like, well, you know, it's, it's, I'm learning little bits. You know, I'm learning. You know, that person's passion, that person's passion. I'm taking on a bit of the energy as well. And it's and it's it's really interesting. And then you kind of go on. I could probably do a few more of these. And then, um, it started off originally. It just I had all these interviews, and I'm sitting there going because I wanted to write a little book. Again, it's kind of ironic for a dyslexic, you know. And I'm kind of going. I wanted to write a book, and then so it started off as a book, and then a kids book, and then I started doing the interviews. And it's like, what do I do with all this like information? Because I was going to just like chop out 5%, you know, because we talk about 10,000 words an hour. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, I would just take the, a chunk of their words and then I would edit into a book and that would be done. Well, instead it's like, well, that's actually quite disrespectful because, you know, I've missed the point. You know, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I can turn up and say, and here's the gold medal. You kind of go, yeah, you missed all the pain and the reason why Years. that gold was so significant, Yeah, you know? Yeah, totally, you know, and and that's what, you know, really the podcast started to do for me. And, and I said, anyone that comes on the podcast, listen, you're not on for the podcast. We're in to have this amazing conversation. If it becomes a podcast episode, great. If not, I know it has another purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, what's kind of come out for me is that people sort of saying, you ask very intuitive questions. I just try and listen. I try and sort of hear what they're saying and what they're not saying. And then you're looking for the, the facial texts and you're looking for, you know, all the things and the, the lower energy and the lower voice or, you know, eye movements or whatever. And so quite after a while, very quickly, people go on, you're actually really good at this. And it's going, hmm, thank you. It's like, maybe this is something it's like, it's going to go on, hold on light bulb moment. This is my, this is my purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like talking to people, you know, um, and genuinely it's the first time in my life I can say i pretty hand on heart say i'll be doing this rest of my life mm-hmm. you know you're very very good people. at it you are you're very good at it and i i have to go back and listen to our interview but you asked me questions that i know no one else had asked and i think that's also because you don't go in with a list of questions that you have to ask because that takes the whole listening piece out of it i actually turned down somebody who has done a number of interviews and we were connecting to, I was working with their assistant and she said, okay, could you provide a list of all the questions that you will be asking? And I'm like, no, that's just not going to happen. And she said, well, he won't do it if you don't. I'm like, okay, then (laughs) we're good because that's not how, that's not how I want to do with conversation. And a lot of people um, do do it that way. So I, you are a great host and you definitely, I think the other thing that I was going to say to this is that people who start out with a podcast in mind and they start and they execute that they're going out in a space of service. Like where can I connect learn, read, like reach other people, not how do I make money? 
because you don't start a podcast to that's it's not like it's so funny people say it all the time it, mm. actually you really don't even write a book or start a podcast to make money because that's just not the case anymore i had a family member say that to me it's too bad you don't do something that like makes a little bit more money and i'm like yeah we're on different planets and it's okay it's okay so you don't so it's definitely part of your ethos and who you are i can see you continuing with this easily yeah, it's, and you know, but it's such a beautiful thing, you know, it, it's, you know, when you connect with people on that level, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's brought up amazing opportunities. I mean, you know, I've been involved in, you know, written my own book and I've been involved in another book of TEDx talks. I've been invited to speak in so many different places, mentees, clients, you know, my background is actually property investing. So, so much has come out about it. So, you, you know, part of the ways you can say, well, I've not monetized the podcast and it's like, well, I kind of don't need to, and I don't really mm -hmm. want to, because I'm also concerned it would change the energy. Yes. Um, and and even it's like you know, and as you say, with those list of questions, and how often it's like the school play. You know, do people spend their time looking through their camera visor? And it's like this is life going by that you're too busy trying to get the photo, and it's like kind of going right. I've got to ask this question. Got to ask this. It's like you've completely missed the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like. You know, or else, what's that little voice, that little question that just popped up in your head? And you kind of go, oh, that's curious. They just did something weird there. It's like, you know, whereas normally you just shut it down. Whereas now I'm like kind of going, this is going to sound a bit weird, but have you ever thought about this? And you're kind of going, that's so freaky that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly you get into this crazy, you have this beautiful conversation, whether it goes somewhere or not, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, but to just turn up and just say, well, listen, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I believe that. And, you know, it's just it's just starting to actually listen instead of, you know, me sort of driving and saying, I've got to make this decision. And sort of going, how does this feel in my body? Mm. You know, how do I feel? Have I just almost, you know, if you look at kinesiology or NLP or any of those things, you know, it's like, has my body just almost tensed up at the thought of this or a sense of this? Yes. Um. And like with the podcast and I say this sort of to help people in turn, and it's the same with the book. I, you know, I didn't do the book in the traditional form. I don't do the podcast in the traditional form. You know, I have a podcast team, you know, because if you left me to do all the tech stuff, whilst I'm a bit of a tech, I'm also a massive procrastinator. You know, that's the ADHD for you. You know, it's kind of going, it's either perfect or not, or else I'll delay it forever <laughs> and ever and ever. Yeah. You know, so, so then I'm saying, well, listen, it doesn't bring me love or joy. So what do I do? To make it happen, let's get a podcast editing team. And they sent me on a schedule and they sent me a note and it gets more and more irate. You need to send me more episodes. You need to do this. You need to do that. Cool. That works for me. I do an episode. I upload it to them. They do all the stuff that they do. It's all really pretty and they do a good job and I switch off and that's cool. It was the same with the book. I have no problem using this hole in the front of my face, you know, and then it's saying, well, we have amazing technology, which will then transcribe it. That takes my words, 10,000 words. The editor looks at half of them and says, that's crap. Let's get rid of half of that. Some of this is really good, right? Can you retalk that based on this? Mm -hmm. And then we get it transcribed again. And then suddenly you kind of go on, actually, you've just banged out a 50,000 word book. And actually, it's pretty good. And it's it's completely unique. Whilst no thought, and this has been a game changer for me, is saying to almost, again, downplay it, saying there's, there's nothing new. There's no new concepts, no new ideas. However, what is completely new is your unique idea or your unique take on it, which is a mixture of something someone else said, this experience, whatever else. It's like you are completely unique. 
because before I was afraid of actually someone coming in and going, well, you, that's, that's from such and such. And, and, you know, you could have done this and actually someone wrote that better than you and all this. And I, I was paranoid about going, why would I write a book? I'm not very good at this. So I'm saying what I can tell you is there is other books, maybe similar. Mm-hmm. However, the way this is done is completely to me. I can say that is completely unique. Um, so it's like, find the stuff that you're good at. Mm-hmm. So for me, talking, questioning, doing all that, the stuff that you're going to procrastinate on it and be honest with yourself and it's just not your thing or else you're going to drag your heels and try and be perfect is, for God's sake, give that out to somebody else and have it. And my PA and my VA said, you know, I said, and it's like, don't be polite with me. You know, if I'm not doing something, which is regular, you know, it's like go and swear at me, poke me, threaten me, do all these things because that's what I'm actually, I need you in my life to do these things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, is it ADHD? I don't know. All I can, you know, all I can tell you, because different people say that ADHD is a, is a mind condition. I'm, I'm not going to get into that, but, you know, it is a kind of going, no matter who you are, learn how you learn, learn how you work, learn when you're, where you're enthused, learn, you know, how to get yourself in the flow state, learn where you block yourself, mm-hmm. learn all these little things and patterns about you. Maybe in time they'll change, evolve or whatever. But if you were just to do that, instead of going, yeah, that's something I love to do. But realistically, I'm not going to push the button on that because I kind of want it too perfect. Whereas if I hand it to somebody else, they'll do it and good is good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, I can say or make myself a promise and saying it's like I'm this raving novice. So what I do is I'll get somebody to help me until I get to maybe I'll get to amateur. Maybe, you know, um, and then I can maybe start doing editing my own stuff or doing whatever I want. Truth be told. Once you start doing that, you kind of go, why would I start doing that myself? Because somebody over there loves doing this stuff and they're really good at it and they're far quicker at it than me. And, you know, so it's like, find the stuff that you love to do, find out what you want to do, you know, work on the goal. The how is almost none of your business. You know, that's the point in going, who can, who can get involved? Who can help me along this, this line? So I'm kind of ranting, but no, 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 you're not. It's good. Actually, it's a great message for people who, whether it's in your own life or whether it's in your business, um, there's always somebody like your area of expertise is different from everyone else's. And so I, in this past year in January, I joined like a, a tech support program where I was moving all of my systems to Kajabi and setting everything up. Love you, Coraline, if you're listening. And she's been amazing in learning what to do. So I've actually been offloading. And instead of saying, okay, I'm just going to hire a VA. I literally looked at the parts of my podcast that were taking so much time. And so now the same thing, I have a monday.com board. I upload in, they tell me when I'm late on something. I'm like, Oh, I love this. I could just keep podcasting all the time because it's made it easier. But instead, and we've done that. And then on top of that is every time we add something, every time she's like, I'm like, I think I need more help. She's like, look at the things that are draining you. Look at the things that are not bringing you joy. Look at the things you're procrastinating on. And I'm literally doing a mental inventory all the time. And so we had this running joke today. She's going to laugh because they are, they do edit my podcast. So she's going to hear it. And they, um, there's running joke today about Canva and creating things on Canva. And I'm like, I freaking hate it. Like, it's just not, she goes, well, does it not bring you a lot of joy? I'm like, it's zero joy. Like it's zero. I don't, I don't enjoy it at all. And she's like, okay, we're going to look to see what we can find for support because it's, you have to trust in that, but it let me podcast and have conversations with people all the time. I'm down. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like I love doing that. So wherever 
that is, I think only opens up more doors in your own life. If you're listening that like, do say yes to the things you love and the things that you don't look at it and think, how can I get support with that? If you would have asked me six months ago, you're going to have to pay somebody to do that. My first thought would have been, but who, how am I going to pay for that? Cause that's not something that I generate revenue on. Until you get a chance to look at it and go, wait, how many hours a week was I spending on that? And now I'm paying someone else for X number of hours a week and I'm getting this much back over the course of the month. And it was like, oh, that was dumb. Why was I trying to do it? And I wasn't even good at it. Let me just be real. I wasn't even, it's not even like it's, I wasn't even good at it. So it makes no sense. Right. And I think it's whether it's business or personal life, you have to look at those things on a regular basis, because when you start saying yes to more things that bring you joy, it just opens more doors. It opens more Mm -hmm. connections over and over and over. There's something so powerful and absolutely saying if it doesn't bring you joy or it's not your thing or it's a passion, but actually it's not something you may be good at, you know, being efficient at. That's cool. Ring fence it, put it to the side, you know, um, and, a, and a really powerful technique. And it's actually one of my mentors that talked about it as well. And sort of saying, you know, go through a reclamation process, you know, instead of saying, you know, it's like, oh, I'm just no good at this. So I'll, I'll you know, I'll not do it and saying, you go through, you reclaim it. And, and this is so many things in your life saying, well, um, that doesn't bring me joy and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just, that's just not my thing. And that's okay. Celebrate it as opposed to going, yeah, I'm not very good at that. Oh, I'll maybe try it. And can we move on? I'm feeling a bit awkward. You know, <laughs> there's so many things, you know, yeah. and it's kind of going, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a bit slow at that or yeah, that's not, it's that's a, good. You know, I love how many times do we do no, yeah, because just... so many times I kept saying, I'm not good at Canva. I'm not good at it. And it's like, we well, can watch some tutorials. I open up a couple of tutorials. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Everything in me was like, I don't want to do this. And what if we just honor more of that instead of fighting it or judging ourselves? Oh, do you, do you know, and you're so right. So right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like, we don't even know the capabilities and power sitting inside and you know, and, and to give you an idea, I mean, I like I, said, I genuinely didn't set off to to do what we're doing. I mean, we we've recorded over five, four over four hundred episodes now. You know, um, you know, we released three a week, and we were about to take it up to five a week. And wow. it's not. Wow. I don't do that to you know. It's not. It's kind of easy for me. It's like I, some weeks I would do maybe 10, 15 interviews. You know, and everyone's sort of gone to me. Listen, no, you're going to drown your audience. You're going to do this. It's like kind of going. It's so much more than the audience. It's so it's like it's not just take it away from people. It's but it's the value of the connections, and there's so much more. And and yet, all these people that have never had a bloody podcast have an opinion. And mm-hmm. at first, I'm like kind of going, "Yeah, you're probably right." And then someone else says it, and even the guys <laughs> editing it, and they're kind of going, "Yeah, I don't know about this." And then, of course, then you start asking, you know, and you kind of go, "What's the perfect length of a podcast? And what's what works and what doesn't work?" And they. Uh, you know, they're sort of going, you know, last 26 minutes and all this. And then you go, well, hold on. What about your man that's just got bloody, you know, Joe Rogan has just Joe got Rogan. X, whatever, whatever. And and his is like three hours or something, you know. And then because I'm now feeling guilty. It's like when I'm taking my sort of 90 minute episodes and I'm, you know, sometimes the worst. Well, I say the worst, the longest I've done three and a half hours. It's like, yeah, that was that was with a couple of bottles of wine. We won't do that again. <laughs> but uh but no, it's like, and you know, so I was making all these things. It's kind of intuitive. I'm going, you know, this is, I, the conversation is supposed to take as long as it takes and it's supposed to be this format. And then someone's telling me I have to chop all this stuff out. And then I'm kind of going, I don't know. I don't really want to chop your story, Marsha, you know, because, you know, what if, 
you know, there's there's a purpose in the pause, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like again, it's like turning up with a gold sticker and saying, yeah, yeah, I know. Listen, I know you had some I had some hard times, and then I got I got awarded this, and you kind of go, brilliant. Means yes. nothing. Means nothing. Means nothing. No, you know, <clears throat> I so, um, I love that. Yeah. I really do. I appreciate everything you're saying there. And I think I want it to land for people who, whether they're in a business, whether they're in their own life, whatever it is, that amazing things can happen when you say yes to the things that bring you more joy and no to the things that don't and without judgment. So I I just think there's a lot of power in what you've just said there. And we just added our own little spin of humor with it because it's because we've learned it. It's like we're still I'm still learning it, but we've learned it and we learn as we go. So speaking of learning, I want to ask you um first off, just just quickly your thoughts on how you're a different father now than you would have been four years ago. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, for the first six months, I didn't really connect to my child mm-hmm. for the my my first girl, and it was kind of it was kind of weird. It's like, oh, what do you do with this, you know? And and I I kind of actually say it out loud as well because I've realized that some fathers kind of they get it. It's like you know the child appears and suddenly like oh my god, and this you know this emotion and and they feel this connection. I was kind of gone. I was real conscious, you know, sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. This thing needs fed done we need to do this my wow. wife needs this blah 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 blah. you're very functional dun, dun, dun. you know it's like go on you know uh whatever you need i'm here i will give it to you mm-hmm. and then after a while it's when you know and there was um i look back now and it's so precious you know and i would do like a you know a feed my, my wife was breastfeeding but i would try and do a feed in the, in the middle of the night so two or three three a.m and my first then it was after about like five or six months of course when they get facial recognition or they get facial mm-hmm. um you know, smiles and things like that. And it's like 3 a.m. when you're, you know, your eyes are bloodshot and you're, you're in your pajamas and you're covered in sick and blah, blah, blah. And you're, you know, and yet you get this little smile, this person that is totally dependent on you and you, you get that. And that was a game changer. And that was kind of almost another reason why I'm going, I need to get my act together. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, it, it's just that changed. Um legacy has been a has been a weird thing that sort of really sort of evolved for me over the last probably realistically 18 months and again you talk to a lot of people about six what is success and what's the goal what's the journey what's the purpose and um you know and especially when you talk about your values and i always find that interesting and and really even only in the last six months you know you talk about people's you know what's your core values but yet taking it a step further and saying what's your soul values Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really come out for me because my core values used to be, it was the usual integrity, honesty, respect, all those things. And, and almost as a case of going, why would you, why would you um, sort of manifest or why would you unintentionally say integrity? Because you need to think the opposite to be able to counteract, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I'm thinking integrity is one of my values, then I had to almost think of an, a moment when I was lacking in integrity or something was not of integrity. You know, so it's it's kind of this weird, it's a value for me, but because it was a void. When you start then looking at your soul values, that's when you start, start to say, well, it's along the lines there of love, joy, and connection. You know, they have no previous history. There's no negative on it. It's just, it just is. And that's the, the amazing thing about it. When you start doing that and for a lot of what we talk about and even the language that I, you know, I listen very carefully to 
to even my own language or and listen, we can't always see ourselves and that's the one thing um you know my language i i often need i need mentors i need other people to spot my language and i listen to other people and you kind of go you just told me exactly what the problem is and you go what do you mean and they talk about different parts of them i we me so mm-hmm. it's like i want to do this but uh we're not sure about that it's kind of going who's the we now you know, it's like, I, you know, I want to do this or, you know, you should do this. And they completely separate themselves. And, you know, so there's a lack of congruency in there in terms of what they want. And, you know, it's, I think that the secrets are just lying so close. They're so close to, to what's possible and what's there. Um, and so the legacy with the kids, it was kind of going, what do I want to do here? Am I just trying to build up a big bank balance? And then, like anyone knows, you you hand someone, you know, power, money, energy, or whatever, and they're not ready for it, or they're not sure why they've got it, or it's that gold medal. Here, have a gold medal. It's like, why? And it's like, you've no idea the, the cost, the, the purpose, the benefit. You'll just take it and melt it down and sell it or do whatever. You, there's no reason. So that's kind of almost when I'm saying with fatherhood, it's saying the most valuable asset really is time and connection, you know? And, you know, what if instead of actually sort of, you know, trying to sort of shower them with financial gifts or stability and all the rest, which is kind of weird because they're the things for me to earn those and grow those and all that. That's where I grew. Mm -hmm. So I want to deny them all this. I want to, you know, on a a previous interview, I heard you talking, you know, you talk about those lawnmower parents, you know, is like clearing the clearing the way. You know, and I thought that was fascinating. You know, it is. It's like, you know, kind of go, I want all this so that my kids don't have to suffer like I did. It's kind of going, are you successful or are you in a great place today? Yes, I am. It's like going, why are you denying your journey? Mm-hmm. And you want to deny them the journey, you know, and you kind of go, what's that going to do for them? It's a tough one, isn't it? Because honestly, like even if you want to lawn more all of their troubles out of the way, you'll never get them all. Like you just, you can't, because there's too many moving parts. They're humans with their own brain. They make a different decision. They go this way. You're cutting a lane this way, thinking they're going this way. And meanwhile, they're like, no, I'm going right. Like I'm not even going that way. So you can't, you can't possibly do it, but a lot of people try. And Mm. when we really think about what has made us who we are, it's been some of the most difficult times and decisions that we have gone through and experiences. And yeah, I wish that it didn't have to hurt or be hard sometimes, but that's just not realistic. That's not how life is. Mm. So I'm glad that that resonated because that, that hit home for me a long time ago. I remember at one point thinking, let my kids fail at 15, please let them fail at 15, as opposed to 25 for the first time, please let them fail at. I've had conversations with both of my kids where it's, you know, I'm sorry if you felt that I, I taught you that life was easy because it's not, it's not easy. It can be beautiful and it can be challenging in all of those things but it's part of it. And it's not going to be the first time you're going to hit a wall. It's not going to be the last thing that you're going to come across because this is part of life. It's that realistic approach. So I, I love that you've had those deep reflections and I'm sure you have even just really powerful relationships that you're going to be building with them because you're also in a different space. Totally, totally different space. Yeah, and that's not. I'm not for one second standing on high and saying this is how you raise kids. I'm I'm not winning parent of the year award anytime soon, nope. you know. But um, I mean, even the conversation, you know, when you came on my podcast and we were talking, and I must say, 
you know, your journey and, and you know, the way with your, your boys and, and that there's so much that struck for me. It really did. Um, you know, and, and that's the one thing where we're, I don't know, this sort of throwaway society, social media society and all the rest, we want to tag it, like it, share it, do whatever else it is, but you kind of want to do everything almost existentially. It's almost outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yet, and, and even one of the things is saying, you know, you can only experience something inside yourself. And, the, and that's the one thing where it's kind of going, I can only sit with you at that time. I can't change it for you. It's like, you know, you have that, you've got to go through this. In fact, you know, that will give you an amazing contrast in life and that will give you a reason why, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, is it going to be painful? Yeah, but I can only hope that you see the beauty and the, the you know, the possibilities in the darkest hour. Mm-hmm. um i'll support you and, and do what i can but at the same time you know I, that's all i am i'm a support i'm not here to do it for you or guide you or whatever and there's listen there's so many times in life that that is the case oh i've you know i found that with mentoring as well you know sort of almost doing a lot of one-to-ones and it's great but actually people you're trying to almost inject you know a a journey that you've been on into them in a very short period of time Mm-hmm. And then wondering why sometimes they're not proceeding as quickly as you might have thought. Mm-hmm. But you kind of going, yeah, you had a year, two years, five years, whatever, to actually come to this conclusion. And you're trying to inject them with this conclusion on day one, this sort of vaccine, if you like, you know, this antibody and saying, right, right, now you've downloaded that, we won't, we need to do this, this, this. And it's kind of going, yeah, but they have no contrast as to what it means to not have this, to have it, to to see what's valuable. Um so much and that's there. why yeah, yeah i love so that much. so much there um i have a couple of quick questions for you before we wrap up but i also um want everyone to know the best place to find you and i love your website name so can you please share it super simple mightypeat.com i love it uh, <laughs> i do it's it is funny because i mean that was a self-declaration to myself and it's kind of going you know because this side of, you know, in, in Europe and, and certainly UK and Ireland was going, that's very sort of, you know, imagine declaring yourself a mighty Pete, you know, it's like going, how dare you? Generally, when you go sort of America, you know, Canada, all that side, people going, yeah, go you, you know, and it's it's so different. Um, but actually, do you know, and I say to anyone, it's, it's, it's amazing from a brand perspective. Um, one, it reminds me every day. It's like kind of going, do I wake up mighty every day? No, I don't. You know, but when I see that, do I sort of shoulders back, head up and kind of going, okay, I've got this sort of super cape to put on. So I'm not going to turn up sort of half baked, Um, you know, so really it's about how you turn up there. The other thing is really it's, you know, when you say Mighty Pete, it's like suddenly you've taken six point however billion people in the world and suddenly people will hone down on who you are very quickly mm-hmm. as opposed to going the guy pete you know pete from ireland do you know he has this kind of weird funny kind of <laughs> podcast thing you know and he has it and, and it's like and that's the thing i do say to anyone is, is own your space mm-hmm. own your thing and it could be as simple as a name it could be something that resonates with you it could be you know something that ties it all together so um yeah so it's, it's whilst it's simple it also has a bit of a purpose too yeah. so it's a it's, it's a nudge and a reminder to me every day to, to be mighty it does and simple is so key there but i also talk about purpose the name of your podcast can you share that because i think that has an impact as well yeah sure it's simply far in the belly and it's it's the one thing we found it's it's sort of almost it's non-political non-geographical 
Um, generally, everyone may or may not have heard the term, but yeah. you sort of go around the world very quickly. People go, oh, yeah, I get it. And yeah. they can resonate in their language, in their world, whatever else. And that was the, the sort of the unintentional, intentional thing that came about it. And it's kind of going, I can go and talk to somebody in the other side of the world and have done and some crazy stuff. And just to really link back on something you said earlier, it's like I interviewed somebody who was the tea cozy, you know, the the you know teapot. Yeah. They, so so they knit a tea cozy, and they were like the world champion. And you kind of go on, that's kind of cool. Just cool. The amount of, but the point was that nation is kind of going. It's plus, it's just a tea cozy, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like they're the world champion. The, I mean, I came off and I was excited about tea cozies. I was, you know, it's like wow, and the passion is like you could do this and you could do this and you could do this, and this is my entrepreneurial brain kicks in mm-hmm. and kind of go, we could, right, you know, and uh, but it's like it doesn't have to be, you know, a space rocket. Sometimes it could be something super simple, and sometimes the more niche you are, the simple, the easier it is to go international national global whatever mm-hmm. um and then it's like the you know the sort of the more nation then the more de- de- um direct you can be you know and there's, there's a great book and i, I forget the chap's name but it's uh about essentialism oh know, yes. the point. um and he's a super beautiful diagram and it's along the lines of you know would you rather do 10 things at 10 percent or one thing at 100 yep. you know and that is such a is i find that a, an amazingly simple and beautiful concept in that you know that there you actually saying was you know focus down don't get distracted on all this stuff you know do what you need to do and you know push like hell and if it's a podcast and it's not editing then give it away if it's va or something else you know find your passion and get rid of everything else mm-hmm. you know be a quitter you know it's the usual thing of saying just quit doing the stuff that doesn't float your boats do the quit the stuff that's not making you money is not bringing you joy Doing that, get rid of it, sell it, give it to the neighbor, do whatever it is, mm-hmm. love it, accept it. You know, it's a bit like this the Conmari trend at the moment as well is saying, thank it, thank it for being in your life, yeah. reclaim it and saying it's just not for me anymore. And I wish you well. And and it's just that's fine. I'm just gonna let it go with love and joy. Um, rather than going, oh God, there's a failed project. And oh God, if I wasn't such a crap human being, and you know, if I stopped being a loser and stopped quitting things and half doing stuff, and then I would stop procrastinating and Oh God, there's something else. And you're like going, are you bored of listening to you yet? Or are you just going to forgive yourself and saying, listen, I had great intentions. And let's be honest, I haven't really done it. And that's okay. Maybe someday, but for now, I need to sort of let it go. But uh, thank you. Move on. I love it. I love it. You just given permission to so many people to like literally let go of the things that don't light you up, own the crap out of the things that do because that's where your impact comes from. Like literally that's where your impact comes from. When you learn how to own that space, it's just, it's a game changer. And I think with entrepreneurship, there are so many different moving hats that yes, I think it's important that you understand it, but I don't think you have to do it. And that's, you don't have to do it all. And the more you can learn and offload different parts, I just find it gives you space to soar and meet the connections and the people that you're meant to meet. Mm-hmm. Find your golden thread. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing I've found here is everyone has a golden thread and it's not, it doesn't have to be like say groundbreaking or something different. It's something that they're passionate about, something they want to learn more, be more, do more. They can teach others. They can inspire others. They can, you know, do all these things. And it's as simple as a thread. And I used Mm -hmm. to talk about it being a thread in the desert and you won't know until you find somebody's 
you know, I know generally if whether it's mentees or interviews or whatever else, you find their passion. Mm-hmm. They just won't shut up. They will keep going. They will Google at 2 a.m. <laughs> for no reason and they'll start sending you links because it's really impressive. And it's like kind of going, yeah, you found your fire in your belly. You are exuding energy. You know, but doing more work does not make you tired. It excites you more. You give off more energy. That's the thing. It's like you are becoming almost this vortex of of energy and and you know this golden thread that actually pulls you up and it just lights you up and it's like go on find your golden thread i love it i love that and i think there's a title sitting right in there so the last question i have for you and i know i've loved this conversation i love everything that you're doing and i loved being on your podcast so if you're not listening to his podcast fire in the belly i would strongly encourage you to tune into it the last question I have for you, Pete, is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Finding my flow. Mm-hmm. And that's something, it, it kind of weirdly came about, first of all, through ketosis. You know, sort of anyone that sort of tries to lose weight and um, learning that actually food does not equal energy mm-hmm. um, and things like that. Well, when you start to disconnect that and go on, you know, actually, and I think it's Sadhguru talks about, you know, you only need 20 morsels of food and, you know, and you should chew those God knows how many times oh, a lot. Um, and that's the thing. So it's like, but actually when you do that, your brain starts to light up. So anyone before dinner or when they're exercising or something else, their brain is, you know, and it's like, if ever you've been in an accident, you want to see what your capable, your brain's capable of. Suddenly the world slows down when you're in an accident or a hyper state. And it's like going that hyper state. And when you can find yourself in flow state, and I know I do that when I talk or, I'm, you know, when I'm with clients, I, I put up whiteboard sheets all over the walls and I go, I do doodle crazy. Mm-hmm. But that's a moment of genius. It's a moment of flow. And it's like kind of going, if you can find that, and that could be journaling, it could be writing down, it could be running wherever, you know, and it's whatever that is, it's like for me, finding finding that flow state. And do you know what? One drop is enough to change the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the one thing that's kind of going, you cannot unsee what you've seen. You cannot unhear what you've heard. And when you experience that for one millisecond, you kind of go on, I want more of that mm-hmm. and finding that flow. And that's the thing that I constantly do it every day. You know, you change your diet, you change your food, you change all this, you know, the way you work and try, you know, and you kind of want to live. I, I don't know if you could live there all the time in that state, but that was massive. That, mm-hmm. you know, it was just a, a changing point. And um, because that's the best me. And I, I kind of, in, even in my book, I talked about it. It was that sort of almost at that point, the conscious, the meat suit sitting here, sits back and starts to eat popcorn it's kind of going hmm, this is going to be interesting what's coming out of your mouth now you know and you do you hit this moment of genius and flow and it's kind of someone says you know what did you just say and it's kind of going i have no idea i have no idea it that's a podcaster too that happens a lot you notice that and somebody will say oh my god i can't believe what you just said and i'm like i have no idea what i just said it just came out it just came out so it's- oh, i'll watch the rerun i have no yeah it's gone <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one. I should go back to that. I love it. I love the flow state. And I think when you say yes to the things that light you up more, you are more likely to find the flow state. And it just as importantly, it's also, I find important to say, what should you be saying no to that does not put you in that flow state? You know, what habits or things are you doing that, that takes me out of it? For me, it's staying up late. 
Like it's like, it's like a routine joke in our house because it's like, I don't do that. I don't, that's, that doesn't work for me because I might as well stop and have a bottle of wine tonight. Cause that's how I feel the next day. And I can't do what I do and make myself feel that way. So that's like also saying no to things that don't, or that affect your flow state. Totally. I mean, I mean, it's a great example because what we're, I don't know, whatever way you want to split it, say typically we're 80% pain-based and 20% pleasure-based, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's so true. It's like, how often are we motivated by pain? You know, I'll do this so that I don't have to do that. I'll do this because I don't want to be poor. I do, I do this because I don't want to be frustrated anymore. And that's, that's motivational and it's fine. But as we said earlier on, it's kind of going, the problem is it's not inspirational. No. What if you move to a pleasurable state and saying, listen, okay, I want to get up at 5.45 a.m. and read books. I, you know, I could stay up late and that's fine. And that's okay. I'm going to reclaim that. I'm going to say, some days I want to do that and Mm -hmm. that's okay. I'm not going to give myself a hard time or call myself names and be abusive to myself. I'm just going to go, well, that was a bit silly, wasn't it? But that's okay. You'll you'll learn. You'll feel a bit sorry for tomorrow and that's okay. Yeah. Um, And, you know, really it's kind of going, how can I move to pleasure-based how can i move to four dream states things like that the past doesn't have to have any connection to the future unless you make it you know and that's the thing it be inspired about what's possible not a case of going well i got you know this grade in college and i go and that has what to do with the price of bread absolutely nothing but you're choosing to you know do that and then you you have a bad day and then you consider you know you continue to beat yourself up for the next week because you had a bad day last week and then you just destroyed another seven days like going well that was useful mm-hmm. you know so it's like well how about just being in the now how about sort of being inspired you know inspire inspiring and you know giving off energy to others and saying well yeah what if what if Oh, I love it. I love it. What a great way to finish it. Thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait for this episode to go um, live, but I've just loved having this conversation with you today. Thank you. It's been awesome. It's always been great to connect. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.